As we're all aware, because of the virus, we all need to keep our distance. This means for motorsport, a sport arguably that has some of the biggest single-day event crowds on the planet, has been put on hold. But at least for the real world anyway. As sports scramble to maintain relevance and to provide content to keep fans interested, motorsport has turned to online racing. E-racing's been around for over 15 years, and for me, the change happened when the net got faster and it allowed me to plug in my console and race real people. Before long, I wanted to replace my controller for a steering wheel. Online racing, or e-racing, has come a long way, but it was still something you did in your free time, usually in a spare room with the door closed. But then it all changed in March 2020, where fans faced the stark reality of no racing at all. The cancellation of the first round of the Formula One season in Melbourne basically slapped us all in the face. What it did do was provide a spark to thrust the online racing community firmly into the spotlight. With no cars on track, e-racing became the biggest news in the motorsport media within days, and in regards to competition, it is the only news. With virtual racing now mainstream, it brings its own set of unique opportunities like format changes, different tracks, etc. It also has its own unique challenges, like not enough bandwidth or the fact that everybody online can hear what you say. Welcome to eRacing X. We're a podcast dedicated to bring you some news, information and an insight into what the virtual racing world is all about. And hopefully, we all have a little fun along the way. Everybody, welcome to eRacing X. I'm Neville Wilkinson, and I'm joined by my good friend Andrew Clark. How you going, Andrew? Not bad at all today, Big Hair, and uh, good to see you finally got through the intro for us. Yeah, good on you, Clark. <laughs> Thanks, Clarky. And we have a third person joining us, and um, I'd like to introduce you to Nathan Huppets. And Nathan Huppets is well, what could I say? He's a uh, He's part of the sim, uh, the Fusion Sim Racing team, and he's currently leading the uh, the Australian Aussie. Was it the Aussie Mixed Fixed Sunday GT Championship? Is that correct? G'day, Big Hair. How are you going, Clarky? <laughs> um, yes. So far, I'm, I think I'm leading the championship about halfway through, but we'll see if that continues. Well, you just had a race the other night. I saw um, I saw you kind of dodge the shenanigans in the first lap, um, and then you kind of. Held station, you're up there, and it seemed to go okay. You're still leading the championship, aren't you? Yes, yeah. No, it was a, an exciting race. It always is at Barcelona, turn one, when you've got 45 cars belting down there at 260 k's an hour. So made it through the carnage, and uh, we're still on track. Cool. Okay, well, let's get straight into it. Um, general Racing Roundup. We've all been watching so much online racing, it's not funny. There is so much of it out there, I cannot believe. I'm actually getting a little confused what I'm watching, when I'm watching it, where I'm watching it. Um, there were three races at Richmond NASCAR just to, just to cap things off. I know Clarkie's been up with a lot of what's going on. What's the latest? Well, certainly the NASCAR thing is the one that's doing my head in. There's three different sorts. You know, there's a pro, there's a semi-pro, and then there's a pro that aren't pros. And you know, they're all kind of punting around Richmond Raceway, which is, by the way, one of the great little 
uh, bull ring ovals on the uh, whole of the NASCAR circuit. So I'd love to actually get out there and have a go at that one. But, uh, yeah, it's just um, lots and lots of different NASCAR stuff going, which probably tells you a little bit about NASCAR. It's uh, probably the biggest sport in the uh, in the world in terms of its attention getting. And maybe Formula One might argue otherwise. But, uh, yeah, three different series, and uh, I don't even know which one to watch. So I'm confused. <laughs> well, I know there's a Coke series. I know there's a... Uh... Another NASCAR series, pro, oh, I don't know, it's a pro invitation or whatever, and then there's a Saturday Night Thunder. Yeah, and whichever way it was. I mean, the great thing about it is that um, you, you struggle, I think, with identity. You know, if it's not a um, you know somebody to, to cheer and boo about that we know, you know, um, you, you've got no real idea. But the racing's still really good. Um, when I did actually find the real one, I mean, obviously William Byron was the winner of that one, but, uh, yeah, just finding my way there wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. I saw Brody Kostecki racing in one of them, so I was really interested in that championship. And he was doing quite well. I think he finished fifth, uh, fifth or sixth, um, and he was he was holding his own, keeping out of trouble. Um, and he and I was really really into it. I like I had me on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, this is like real racing. Yeah, he's an interesting one, Brody Kostecki. He's um, of course running in the supercars this Wednesday night to uh, yeah to uh, as a wild card and. Uh, the story behind him is that he, he was hacking in the back end of the iRacing website to change all the settings of the cars and things to give himself an advantage. Should we be saying this? Yeah, we should be. Because <laughs> what Supercars decided was that if he's that clever about that, then we're going to use him to sort this thing out. So Supercars Australia brought him in to, to set up all the cars and to fix it all and to lock it away. Well, I heard he was involved. So, what, was he the guy that's just set the whole thing up for them? Or did they just get him to help him set it up? No, he's just done the car set up. Um, oh, okay. So all he's done is, you know, it's, yeah, set it up so that it can um, they can drive them and race them and can't actually change them themselves. Well, we, that leads us into the supercars. There's um, there's a few new names coming for Wednesday night's race. Yeah, it's going to be quite good actually. Is um, you know, I said we've already got Brody Kostecki, as I said, uh, and Thomas Randall. Uh, if they put a microphone on him and we can hear him talking way around the race. Um, he's not short of a word, that kid. Um, but he's stepping up from the Super 2s. Um, and we've got Simone Di Silvestro back and also Will Power, which will be interesting. So um, probably coming in to try and uh, even up a QD scores with Scotty McLaughlin, who's been uh, competing with him in the IndyCars. What is the latest of the supercars? Apart from... We had a well, last, week, last week we had the, the big race with Max Verstappen dropping in. And, uh, you know, he came in and I, I think he finished second in three of the races. Um Kind of had a bit of a spin and a crash in the reverse grid, but um, that's what they're for. Um, but, yeah, he, he finished second to um, Shane Van Gisbergen, who, uh, who won the round effectively. Um, and I thought, the, for me, the important thing was that um, Max came in with a Red Bull racing car that looked like the Formula One car, and it showed us just how bad the current Red Bull Holdens are. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it was great. I really liked Max being involved. It just added another layer of interest. I, I, Nathan, did you see the race? Yeah, I did. I've been been paying pretty close attention to the V8 Supercar Series and um, the IndyCar Series as well because I think from a sim racing point of view, I think they were the most professional series in the way they were put together and produced. And um, Max has been involved for a long time in sim racing and I was very, very keen to see how we would go in the supercar up against some great sim drivers like Ben Gisberg and Di Pasquale and McLaughlin. So, yeah, it was a, it was a great event. 
So you guys keeping on Max, how long has Max been racing this for? Oh, Max has been on iRacing for um, for quite a long time. I think long enough to build up a pretty high rating on the service. He's a very, very good driver and, and now drives in some of the, the top-tier events with top-tier teams. So he's definitely a very, very good sim racer as well as real-world driver. He's obviously – there's a lot of sim racers, like you said, that are interested to see how he goes in this championship, more than just the general public like myself. You guys, being sim racers, wanted to see how he went. Oh, yeah, but look, we, we know how he's going to go. He's a, he's a talented driver in, in just about any car, but um, – the V8 supercars are pretty hard beast to master on iRacing, and a lot of Australians spend a lot of time in that car. So um, I was keen to see how he would go, and, um, yeah, he did very well. How do you reckon you would have gone? <laughs> no, we're nowhere near as good as that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. You're not doing too bad. Oh, yeah, look, we're, we're handy enough that um, I think to get the most out of that V8 supercar, you have to drive it really quite a bit and really understand the car. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, Moving on, IndyCar. I really like the IndyCar. I love the ovals. My tea was great. Um, but there was a bit of disappointment at the end for the Aussies. Yeah, it was looking pretty good for a while. It was, um, was McLaughlin and Power and Scott Dixon all the way up there. I think they were in the first three out of the first four spots right near the end. And um, yeah, Will Power and Scotty McLaughlin managed to kind of take each other out a little bit. So the two Team Penske cars and... Uh, off they went. We ended up Simon Pagano winning on um, on debut, I think it was for uh, for IndyCars in the uh, in the E series. Well, you've got an opinion on that, haven't you, Nathan? You, I thought it was a backbarker that took him out. Yeah, I, I was watching uh, Scott McLaughlin's live Twitch stream, which is another great advantage of this sim racing. You can actually watch a driver's point of view while they're going around, and uh, yeah, it seemed like a, a backmarker thought he'd try and unlap himself against the two lead cars with uh, not many laps to go, which I thought was. A completely stupid move and took um, took the two leaders out at the time. So stupid, yeah. I would say shit house personally. But anyway, you can go with stupid. <laughs> yeah, they were trying to go around the outside of him, which is what you can do on an oval. Clearly, but uh, three wide um, is never a good move, and uh, yeah, it just came to tears. <sighs> I was like, I was not expecting that. I thought this is going to go down the wire again. But anyway, it just adds more excitement to it. Any idea where um, Scott is coming in the championship in IndyCar at the moment? No, I, I was trying to find that before because it's all a, it's not a real championship, so you've got to go hunting for the unofficial championship points. And uh, I haven't seen an update since then, and I didn't actually see what his official position was. Um, so I'll, I'll go digging as we're talking because yeah. I can do multi-cast. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk to Nathan. Because you're sim racing, you've been doing it for close to five years now. First of all, what do you do for a day job? Are you a race driver? No, no, wannabe race driver. But um, <laughs> no, no, I'm uh, 44, got married with two kids. Um, I run a couple of online businesses but have always had a love of motorsport and, and cars. Did a little bit, of, little bit of club stuff when I was younger and a few Dutton Rally, Tarmac Rally events and things like that. But when the kids came along, that sort of had to stop for a while. So that that's when I really yeah, got into sim racing in a, in a bigger way is uh, just a way to get that competitive spirit out and, and stay involved in car racing. Well, this episode we're going to touch on getting into some equipment. We've got an interview from Dan from Logitech. Tell me how you got started. Because, I mean, I remember I had a mad cat steering wheel many years ago and then I at least upgraded to a Logitech wheel. Um, but... How did you get started? 
Yes, it was pretty much the same. I, I started car racing games when I was a lot younger, um, using just a keyboard, basically, playing Microprose Grand Prix, if anyone remembers that. Oh, yes, uh, I do. Um, but about four or five years ago, when I thought, look, I'd really like to try this online sim racing thing and see where it's at, uh, I looked around at the different platforms that were around at the time, R-Factor and iRacing um, were the two that seemed to be pretty good. So I bought a Logitech steering wheel, a G27, and that came with the wheel and pedals together. Fairly cheap. I think it's about four or $500 to get a G29 equivalent these days and plugged it in on a desk with an office chair basically and single monitor and, and started to learn how to do it. Did you have pedals with it? Yeah, that's uh, with the Logitech gear, you, your kit comes with a wheel and a gear lever and a pe- set of pedals, which is clutch, brake and accelerator. So it's everything you need to get started. And that was actually pretty good. Eh? That got me to, a, you know, I guess a reasonable sort of level. And I know that even some of the guys in some of the pro series still run a Logitech steering wheel. They might have changed their pedals, but that wheel, um, yeah, you can go a long way with that sort of wheel for sure. So, okay, there's a lot of questions I hear, but I hear about force feedback. How important is this force feedback thing that I'm hearing about? Oh, look, it's, it's extremely important because when you're not sitting in a real car, you haven't got the sense of G-force and so on. In a sim, all you've got is the visual cues uh, that you're looking at to determine what, what's happening with the car. The brake pedal gives you a little bit of feel, but but there's no feedback in it. So the wheel is super important to feel when the car's hitting a curb, when you're losing grip, when you're braking too hard and locking up a tyre. So uh, the force of that feedback and the, I guess, the the finite feedback you get, the detail through that feedback is important as well. So it's not the seat of your pants, it's now driven by the palm of your hand. The palm of your hands gripping onto that wheel bloody tightly as you enter turn one at Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm going to be really good at this because um, you know, palm of the hands is what I'm meant to <laughs> <laughs> I saw some drivers wearing gloves. I thought, what the hell are you wearing gloves? Is this for the just the, the camera on your thing, just a bit of coverage? But I found out that they sweat so much that they wear the gloves to stop their hands slipping on the steering wheels. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And some of the wheels you can get now, the G29 Logitech is a great starter wheel at $500, but you can spend $3,000 on just a wheel, um, which is direct drive. So it's it's got a high degree of force in it. So um, it can really hurt your hands after a while. So it's, it's it can it can give you the same amount of power and strength through that wheel as a real V8 supercar or GT car or no. possibly Formula One car. So, yeah, it can be quite demanding. Bloody hell. Okay, you found the results here, Clarky? I sure have. What is it? Well, I was wrong. Simon Pagano um, wasn't on debut. He's actually leading the championship. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he's on at least 159 points. Um, then you've got Will Powers now on 149, and Scotty McLaughlin's down on 123 in third. So uh, big, big cost to Scotty McLaughlin, that 24th place finish. Well, I'll tell you, I am enjoying the IndyCar stuff. I am enjoying the supercar stuff. You know, I think Nathan touched on that, though, that these guys have done it so well that it really does make it enjoyable. And, uh, you know, without wanting to to throw crap at other ones, there's a couple of series around that just haven't done it that well, and it just hasn't captured my interest at all. I agree. Even though they're doing some nice tracks and they're doing some good things, it just, to me, it just hasn't gelled. So, you know, the IndyCar and the, and the supercars, with all of the main drivers out there... Uh, 
doing it all. Um, yeah, I think it's great. And, and Formula One, to a lesser degree, because it doesn't have all the stars out there. But uh, well, I think they've become very good. And the TV ratings are showing it, and not just the TV ratings, but the across-the-board reach. I mean, I saw some figures the other day on um, the, the Australian Grand Prix, the virtual Australian Grand Prix, and it had 244 million reach of normal television around the world. No way. And a normal Seriously? Formula One they race, had 244 million? Yeah. So a normal Formula One race gets 400 million. Yeah. So they're up over half of that. But what that doesn't capture is how many extra people have tuned in on, on YouTube or Twitch, as you say, to watch through their favourite drivers. So it could easily be three or 400 million people have tuned in to watch that Formula One race. So, and I think, yeah, the thing we've really come to grips with, because, you know, I'm fairly new to watching e-racing, being a, a, what I rate as a serious motor racing journalist, um, is that it actually translates pretty well, so long as the equipment that they're doing it with works. Gotcha. You know, you see the cheaper, cheaper series and the cars just don't look right. You know, they're twitchy and... Um, they're, you know, square-edged and ugly. Um, and so without wanting to praise iRacing too much, like they just seem to do it really well. Um, and that platform and the Formula One 2020 platform just works well and uh, it makes for good racing. And, it, you know, sometimes you, you wouldn't even know you were watching a virtual race. Is that why you chose iRacing, Nathan, is because of the quality? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there's, there's probably two reasons why people um, gravitate towards iRacing as a, what I'll call a simulation rather than a game, and that is because of the accuracy of the tracks and the physics of the cars. So all of the tracks are laser scanned within a millimetre, uh, so they're very, very accurate to the real-world tracks, and the cars as well. So iRacing go to the effort of laser scanning cars, getting blueprints, documents, they get handling data from manufacturers, they get real-world drivers of those cars to provide testing feedback. So they're trying to make the sim as accurate as possible, which is great. And the second aspect of it is that you can drive against real drivers anywhere in the world that match your ability. So, I, you know, as, you, as you're starting out and you're, you've got a low licence level and you're just learning, then they're the sort of other competitors you drive against. But it really gets your heart pounding when you – I remember starting my first race on the grid – knowing that I was driving with real people <laughs> wherever they were seated around the world. And, uh, yeah, it really makes it makes it a fantastic <laughs> experience. I'm waiting to join my driving this daisy class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, 1 minute 25 seconds left on my download. <laughs> so, question. You talked about using keyboards, uh, keyboard when you start. Well, that's obviously the hardest thing to do, right? Then you, then you progress to the steering wheel. But my question is, I've played um, Forza Motorsport and all that kind of stuff as well. When I was playing the, um, the V8 Supercar Series on the Xbox, Xbox 15 years ago, I was using a controller. Can you use a controller or is it just keyboard or steering wheel? Look, you, you can use a controller if you really want to, but I think for, for most people who, especially on the iRacing platform, they're trying to recreate that experience of actually driving a car and to have a steering wheel at a, at a minimum, even just a starter-level steering wheel, just provides you that, that level of immersion that you want. Well, that was what I was getting at because back when I was playing it, the people with the controller were going faster than people with steering wheels because they were still fairly new kind of equipment then. But now it's moved on. Like now a steering wheel is 
it's the go to. Yeah, yeah, I think you have to have one for sure. Okay, it's a bit like when you started driving, isn't it? Ned? you had to go off the horse reins onto a steering wheel. You know? <laughs> well, the, <laughs> the funny thing is, why don't they have controllers for cars? You could almost do controllers instead of a steering wheel now. Brake? Why wouldn't you? Because well, they're not accurate. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, okay, here's a crazy thing. All right? We're talking about the racing, all right? We'll get into some setups. So, But here's my theory. Here's a question to both you guys. Why do you have pit lane speed limits? Because they want to simulate real luck. Real? Yeah, okay. Well, then what, does that mean the drivers die in real life? I reckon they should I reckon they should go back and say, no, no pit lane speeds. No one's going to get hurt. Well, it's great watching some of those old Grand Prix that are on the telly at the moment. They go flying down pit oh. lane and there's 2,000 people standing in pit lane and the cars are doing 160 k's. It's a, I remember Open those days. That. This is what I think this is all about. Period. They're trying different things. Reverse grids, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe they need to put electric shocks into the steering wheel. <laughs> we could dodge virtual uh, people walking across the pit lane, yeah. <laughs> and if you hit one, you get an electric shock. <laughs> <laughs> we try and other things like uh, reverse grids and all that. Why can't we do that? Why shouldn't we? Well, maybe. But it, as I say, it, you know, the key to it is that it is, it's, it's simulation. It's sim racing, I think. And, uh, you know, you want it to be a little bit real, but... Um, You've got to give Craig Baird and people like that something to do by preaching pit lane speed limits yeah. and things, you know. Otherwise, what would they we, do? We all know how much motorsports bodies love rules, so I think we just need to leave oh, them there. Oh, no. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> okay, Nathan, you're the IT guy. Could you answer me this? What the hell does net code, latency, ping, lag, can you explain all that stuff to me? Latency and net code is a problem when you're sim racing simply because your computer is not right next to someone else's computer when you're racing against them. They talked about net code on the, um, on the, in the IndyCar race. So basically net code occurs when the iRacing server can't receive information from the competitor's computers fast enough and relay competitor information back to everyone's computer fast enough. So and that, if you've got a crappy internet... You're going to get some problems with net code. Yeah, and what it means for someone like Scott McLaughlin in Australia, who's racing on an American server with American competitors in IndyCar, is that it takes a third of a second for his computer to send information to America right, yeah. and another third of a second to get information back. And within that six tenths of a second, the cars can move quite a bit on track. And so the iRacing system does its best to predict where those cars are going to be and to work out how close they are before recording contact for an incident. Well, it's even worse because um, Scott's in Christchurch, so it probably takes two yeah. No, no, no they probably, <laughs> you know the funny thing is? They've probably got better internet than the Australians, dude. I would probably go to New Zealand for better internet. Uh, I think Scott's, Scott's yeah. in Brisbane. <laughs> the Americans are, are all around America. Philippe Nasser's in some other country. Yeah, it's getting tough. So is that why the cars disappear sometimes, because of the net code? Or is that something different? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that can be a dodgy internet connection and, and you'll sometimes see cars that look like they hit each other but there's actually a gap between them and that's that's frustrating. It's part of sim racing at the moment and uh, but that's net code. Yeah. I was hoping it was stealth <laughs> mode and that I could push a button and go invisible <laughs> yeah. and it'll straight over to We, we, and we sometimes front. call it mind punting, <laughs> yes. <laughs> a mind punt. So lag is the same as net code in a way. <laughs> it's just another... Um, lag creates net code, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. So... 
ping. That's your, how fast the computer is communicating with the server. Yep. Right, because I know that um, in the supercar race that uh, Verstappen talked about the ping, which um, the ping, was, he was getting too much ping, and that's what uh, turned Deep Pasquale around because he actually ran into him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It makes it very hard for Max to race too closely with the Australian cars. Yeah. Ah. A good trade, I never blamed you. <laughs> well, he did apologise. He did apologise, said it was his fault, yada, yada, yada. So we'll give him that, but we understand yeah. that. Okay. Um, well, guys, I appreciate uh, the catch-up, um, and we'll get more into this next week. I know, Nathan, I'm going to ask you more about your setup because I'm pretty much a newbie at this racing. I have lots of questions to ask you about racing and how it all works. One other thing. We talked about paint schemes. Nathan, how does you put a paint scheme on a car at iRacing? Is it a template? You just design something and it, and it wraps around? Is it complicated or easy? Uh, it's not too bad. You basically design something up in a paint program like Photoshop and uh, you can apply it to your car and race it anywhere you like. Is there a template? Yeah, there are tem- templates. Because obviously you've got to, I might get a couple of those on and we might have a go at that myself. You can do my car no, Done. Deal done. All right. Sorted. <laughs> First paint scheme ever. <laughs> Gentlemen... It's great to hear from you. We'll talk again next week. Yeah, after we've watched uh, the supercars at Bathurst. We've never seen that before. <laughs> oh. uh, well, is Verstappen going to be at this one or he's not? No. 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 Kitty. No. He's frightened of the track. Ooh. Yes, that's I true. That's only like I'm, I'm frightened of the track too. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good to see Will Power. I think Will Power, he's my, he's my dark horse. He's a good pick, that one. He'll, he'll do well. You got a favourite there, Clarkie? <laughs> Oh, I think it's, yeah, yeah, it's probably Scotty McLaughlin versus Van Gisberg, and I would have thought, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. Wow. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just... Certainly won't be Rick Kelly. <sighs> no. Mate, well, we've got to talk to him. He's got the... Oh, mate, I love what he's doing, though. Come on. He's, he's top bloke. Okay, guys, uh, good to hear from you, and um, I'm going to leave you, love you and leave you this week, and let's go racing. Cool. So, uh, welcome, Dan. Um, e-racing, it's an exciting time at the moment, and uh, Logitech appears to be right at the heart of everything. Uh, you must be busy. Uh, well, yeah, thank you, Andrew. Um, yes, we are very busy. Um, in this strange environment we find ourselves in today with this COVID-19 situation, um, yeah, we're finding a lot of uh, sports are having to postpone, obviously, for obvious reasons, and um, motorsports in particular were um, part of that, and, um, and the ability uh, for some something like supercars or Formula One or even NASCAR to be able to switch on a um, an E series is very very simple um, and and a really great proposition for not only the sporting codes but the fans and um, and su- supporting companies such as ourselves. Hmm. So my first thing when the, when this all came about and I knew I was going to be spending some time at home with nothing to do um, was to look at steering wheels um, because I want to go car racing. Um, and I did a bit of a hunt around, you know, I've got a favourite Chinese website I jumped on, I could find a steering wheel for 30 bucks with $28 delivery fees and things, but um, there's clearly a difference in what you're getting, isn't there, in terms of, you know, the drivability or the usability of, say, you know, your equipment, which is at the top end, versus um, the low-end equipment. Uh, yeah, I think you could say this, that that's um, a direct representation of motorsports in general, isn't it? Yeah. You get what you pay for and, you know, you get the same sort of quality and um, reliability. Um, but I guess most importantly is the feedback. 
um, you know, for you can get, like you said, you can get some cheaper wheels for sure. Um, and you know, there's lots of really great options out there for for any budget. Um, but for something with some really good force feedback, um, you know, you've got the Logitech G wheel, which are up at four ninety nine, um, and they support PlayStation Four, Xbox, um, and PC. Um, and with the new consoles coming out, uh, yeah, there's going to be a whole raft of, of new game titles as well. And um, I guess the, the most general um, consensus for, for most consumers is, um, is it's very achievable for somebody to be able to grab a wheel, plug it into your PlayStation or plug it into your PC and bolt it to your desk or, or even your coffee table and, and get racing and, and, and get that, um, that, that exciting feeling from um, you know, racing other people. So hopefully in the next couple of days I'll be able to tell people exactly what it's like. But um, how is it compared to a real-life driving? You know, I'm not sure whether you race cars yourself or whether you just tootle around the streets going to the uh, to do a beer run or something along those lines. I mean, how does it actually compare, do you think? Uh, look, for, I, I have had the opportunity to race cars myself. Um, and, of course, you have all of those external factors of, um, one, first and foremost, there's fear <laughs> that you are going to hurt yourself. Um, so you eliminate that fear. <laughs> but um, absolutely, the thrill and the adrenaline rush is still there, um, especially if you're in a, you know, a higher stakes sort of game, like you know, something like iRacing, which is um, you know, quite realistic. And, um, and you've got to build your license and you've got to you know, be well behaved and, and not knock people off the track like you can do in some... You know, when you're playing Daytona 500 or something at the arcades, um, whereas you've, you've actually got to really look after your car and you've got to look after your tyres. And, yeah, you know, there's a lot of strategy that goes into it as well. So you need to learn the tracks, you need to learn the car, you need to learn how to drive the car and also deal with uh, with lap traffic or if you're the lapper, get out of people's way. <laughs> yeah. So if I go touching somebody or hitting ripple strips and things like that, am I, am I going to feel all of that? Absolutely. So you'll get so within the wheel itself, it has what we call force feedback. So much like when you're driving your road car or, or a race car, when you turn the steering wheel, you get that feedback, so you know what's happening. So in a simulation, um, that force feedback is very critical. There's really two critical components: it's the force feedback that you get through the steering wheel, and it's the audible cue, so the audio. And the you know if you're racing uh, racing along. Say Bathurst, of course, and you go up Mountain Straight and you take, turn into um, that, that corner at the top of the hill, and it'll just start to slide on you. And if you can feel that, you'll feel it in the steering wheel that it'll the car is starting to slide. So then you can back off and, and catch that slide. Um, if you don't have that force feedback, you have absolutely no idea that that mm. slide's occurring, right? So that force feedback in the wheel is is super critical for that. But also, it also um, helps with the immersion in the game. So when you hit a ripple strip, you'll feel that in the steering wheel, just like you would in a real racing car. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it really brings it to life. But obviously the software that's that you game, or the game that you're playing, the platform is gonna be critical to that, isn't it? Um... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, I mean, we spoke about iRacing there. That's kind of, um, I would say, the pinnacle of, of simulation titles. Um, but the wheel is supported through almost anything. Um, you know, you could use it with Gran Turismo on your PlayStation. You can play some Forza on, on Xbox. Um, you can even play some Need for Speed uh, and you can use the racing wheel and still get that same level of feedback. 
Hmm. Do I need to get a rig? Do you think, or am I going to be okay to learn on the um, on the dining table or the desk? <laughs> well, I mean, we all have to start somewhere, right? <laughs> just like in in real motorsport, yeah. uh, you don't just jump straight into a supercar. Um, but um, you know, it's the the beauty about these wheels is they are designed to bolt to tables and. You know, you can, I joked before about using it on a coffee table, and that's probably what 90% of the consumers who purchase these wheels do. Mm. You know, if you're using it with your PlayStation, you're bolted to your coffee table. Yeah, you'll have a much better experience if you had, you know, a full, um, you know, a, a play seat or, or some rig that you can bolt it into. Um, but the point is, you don't need that. Mm. Um, in fact, it's a, a, with the Supercars event coming up, um, Rick Kelly from Kelly Racing. Um, put out a good couple of videos on YouTube um, and it, it showed Andre Heimgardner's set, set up where he has the tippy top racing rig and um, and then Rick went out and got a camping chair and made a rig out of some timber and just nailed it together with his son. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's a, a great piece of content because it showed that it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day yeah. what you have. You, it's all achievable. Yeah. And so you, um, you'd be happy that, or proud that you, you reckon you've got the best that you can buy out there? I mean, is it what the pros are using in the um, in the supercars and, um, and the yeah, other series? Yeah, so we, um, I guess we're the official sponsor of the Supercars A-League. We were last year as well. Um, and so this year our wheels um, have been provided to, to the teams and drivers. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, the drivers choose their own um, uh, wheel mm-hmm. and um, shifter and pedals and everything else, um, but absolutely it's all available there for them. Um, so for, from a, um, a accessibility perspective, yeah, I think we have the, the best product in the market. Mm, cool. And there's, um, I mean, there's different levels, as you said before, about how this is. I mean, clearly I'm not going to jump out on the track and try and beat Charles Leclerc at the moment, but... Um, mm-hmm. There's got to be good places to start, and I think you're talking about your own series, the G Challenge, and uh, could be a good place yeah. to try it all out. Yeah, so the G Challenge, um, we we were very quiet about it over the last couple of years because it's something that we needed to learn and build upon ourselves. Um, so this will be our third year running to in holding the G Challenge. Uh, so G Challenge is Logitech's own e-racing series, um, and it's broken down into three different regions. Uh, so there's Europe, there's uh, Asia Pacific and the Americas. Um, Australia and New Zealand obviously we fall under the Asia Pacific region. Um, so essentially it's open for anybody. Um, it's it's run on the Project Cars 2 game title, mm-hmm. um, which means it's cross-platform. So it doesn't matter if you have a PlayStation or, or an Xbox or a PC, you can participate, um, which is not something that many other titles can offer, hence why we chose that particular title. And uh, the fastest drivers from each region, then um, then we'll be flown to where we hold our regional finals, um, and that'll be at PAX this year. So PAX is a, a, a gaming event in Melbourne, and that's held in October. Oh, uh, so we'll be holding the regional finals there. I don't get an inter- interstate trip or an international trip. Beg your pardon? When I win, I'm not going to get flown around the world. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so then if you're the, if you're the winner of the, the regional um, final, uh, then you get flown over to the grand finals. Um, last year, that was in Las Vegas. Uh, so two drivers within our region were flown over to Las Vegas to participate in the, the global finals. Um, and then uh, the winner of the global final then um, had, was given the opportunity to, to be part of the McLaren Shadow Project. 
Um, so this year we have partnered with McLaren again. Logitech G and McLaren have partnered um, to, to run the G Challenge series. And, um, and McLaren are a big part of this entire series. So it's a, it's a real grassroots level um, tournament. And, um, and the exciting thing is, is that it's accessible to anybody. You don't have to have been in go-karting for many years and you know, been driving for so many years. You know, since you were a teenager, um, you know, you got uh, blokes like ourselves that yeah. just you know, want to get into it and you can absolutely do it hmm. and have a ball doing it. Yeah. So McLaren's involvement is, it's, it, as you said before, it's not just the sponsorship, it's actually a little bit there. So have they given you some some technical help on steering wheels and development of that technology and as well, or is it just um, partner in the series? Like, yeah, so like many of our products, so for, for Logitech products in general, we, we collaborate with professionals um, and, and we build them based on the feedback that we get from the professionals. Um, so absolutely, yes, it's not like it's... Uh, yeah, somebody sitting in a, an office somewhere saying, you know, it would make a really great wheel. <laughs> yeah. So we absolutely do take feedback from, from everybody, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, it's ex- exciting times, I reckon, for e-racing at the moment. I think car racing is probably the sport that translates best into the virtual environment. And, uh, you know, I think the opportunities are vast. And uh, I know my son in particular is very keen to uh, to get out there and go racing at the age of, oh, what is he now, 16? So uh, it's a different world, I think, and uh, it's good to have nice equipment to do it with. Yeah, it definitely is a, a different world, and there's so many more opportunities now for everybody. Um, and, yeah, I think this, uh, this like we were saying before, with this situation um, and, and a lot of these e-leagues popping up, it's, um, the, there's going to be a lot more focus on, on e-racing, and, um, and there'll be a lot more... Uh, a lot more people out there that have gained some visibility into what they all have always thought that was you know, out of reach for them, and that's getting involved in motorsport. And mm-hmm. this is certainly an achievable way for for everybody to get involved. Yep. So most importantly, where do we find you racing? What 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 class? Where are we going to find you? Me racing? Yeah. Oh gosh, uh, I, I'll I'll um. I did have a little dabble last night on a, a really great series I'll, I'll plug that's got nothing to do with me. Uh, it's called Just Send It, yep. um, and they're on Facebook. Again, similar to the Logitech G Challenge, it's open to anybody. It is on the iRacing platform. Um, but, um, yeah, last night I found myself rubbing panels with, um, gosh, it was in there, Shane Van Gisbergen, Andre Heimgardner, and uh, the Kostecki boys. Yeah, they were all in there. Okay. Um I was nowhere near them, though. <laughs> I have to be honest. I've got nothing. <laughs> but I had the most important thing is that I had the best time doing it. It was so much fun. Yeah. I, I encourage anybody to give it a go. Which will be a lot of fun. So we'll we'll be able to chat shortly. Um, I've got a wheel coming, so uh, I'm going to have a bit of a play and come back. I'll even let you know what I reckon afterwards. But uh, I, look, yeah. I look forward to you giving me some tips on how to improve my speed. I hope so. Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks, Dan. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, the next few months are exciting for Logitech and your and your wheels. Thanks, Andrew. E-Racing X has been produced for Motorsport 360, the app by Big Hair Productions. You've been listening to Andrew Clark. Nathan Huppets and Neville Wilkinson. We'd also like to thank Dan Hall from Logitech for his time on the phone. The song you're listening to is Electric Cars by Dave Butt, all other production and sound design by yours truly. You can get eRacing X from most good podcast destinations including Anchor and iTunes. 
For extended interviews, stories and all other extras, including Dan from Logitech's full interview, you can view and listen at our website, eracingx.com. As always, thanks for listening and take care of yourselves.